All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, September 15th of 2023. Here, looking ahead, we have a 13 game MLB main slate today. We have an 11 fight MMA card tomorrow. We have NASCAR Cup race on Saturday evening here. And then on Sunday, we have week two main slate for the NFL. So, a ton of DFS action coming at you over the next couple of days. If you guys are not signed up with Saber Sim, want to check us out. We have a five-day, no-strings-attached free trial. You can find a link to that in the description of this video. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sims, the show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First way, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second way, post your question live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post your question in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, want to get access to that channel, there is a link in the description of this video. Also get access to our similar channels. See when lineups are released, see when players are scratched, see when Sims run for that news. Get access to our individual sport channels, ask sport-specific questions, get uh, feedback from members of the community, other members of the SaberSim team. Get access to our release notes channel, see when bugs are fixed, see when new features get added to the app. So can't say enough good things about the discord here we do the show monday through friday 2 p.m eastern so it's our last show of the week so if you guys have questions ahead of all those weekend sports that i mentioned today is the day to get those questions in and answered or else you're going to have to wait until our monday show but before we get started uh just want to remind you guys who are not signed up take advantage of our weekly max challenge here it is a giveaway slash promotion we do during the nfl season giving away weekly prizes season long prizes if you missed week one, you could still win uh, season-long prizes here. We have a 10-weeks level here, as well as our 18-weeks level. Had a ton of people participate week one here, and uh, plenty of people, uh, you know, were, were part of our free giveaway here, which I believe Belcaro J won for en free entry into this week's Minimax. Somebody finished second in the Minimax and took home a Saber Sim hoodie here. Almost won the belt, so looking forward to another strong week here, and I hope we are giving out a championship belt on Monday. But if you're looking for this page, it is in the description of this video. But with that said, going to get Saberson pulled up. We are going to start with the questions that came in in the Discord here, and then we will jump over to the live YouTube chat. So first question I saw from yesterday here was from F Primo. And question says, can you still adjust the team totals in the new app? Great question here. So the way that you used to adjust team totals was you would go up to the games panel and you would just click on any one of these numbers here and then you could adjust it and then hit apply. Uh, that got moved. So these numbers don't, you can't alter them. But if you go to team stacks, there is a new column called projected points here. So if I want to go and change Buffalo from 27, maybe add a touchdown, right, uh, to 34 here. When, when I make that change in the column, it can ask me if I want to apply that change down here on the bottom. I will click yes, and then that will get updated in the games panel as well. So the team total adjustments just live in the team stacks tab now. That is all. And then it will still have the same effect on all the players from the game, uh, from the same team and from the opposite team as well. All right. Question from the piano teacher. Question says, Question regarding team totals and contest sims. Perfect. Exactly what we're talking about already. Let's say I upload custom projections. If I adjust team totals, I know it will will not impact my projections 
I uploaded. Will it still have an impact during the contest sim process? Thanks so much for all the help, Andrew. Yeah, man, happy to help out. Uh, so, so what will happen? So, okay. So first things first, when you upload custom projections, which I'm just going to reset these and, and reset that team total here, just to get back to baseline here, hit apply. So it looks like everything's back to baseline here. When you upload custom projections, if you go and make any changes after that, we're not going to override your projections. So say you upload custom projections that sets Josh Allen from 25 to 23 points and then new Sims run, right? And actives come out, new Sims run. Maybe Josh Allen's uh, total goes up here. Maybe he goes from 25 to 26 points in our Sim. Well, we're not going to go and change your custom projection. This is like work that you've done and we do not want to alter that. So whatever work you set in your custom projections will not be overridden. So what you were saying, like, hey, if I upload custom projections and then I go and adjust team totals, um, you know, will that override my custom projection? And the answer is no, it will not override your custom projection. Your custom projection is always going to come first. And then second part was... Will it still have an impact during the contest sim process? So what the contest sim does is it looks at whatever is in the my projection column, and then it uses that to, to shift the distributions of the players. So if Josh Allen's mean is at 25 here, and I could pull up his distribution and see it, and then your custom projection sets him to 23, even though our sims may have him at 26, we are still going to, we're still going to use the Sims, but we're still going to layer your custom projections on top of the Sim outputs and use that when, um, when ultimately building your lineups. So I, I'm sorry, when ultimately running your contest Sim here. So I think, I think, you know, just, just working through this here, you're, you're basically asking me, Hey, if I alter the Buffalo Sims here with the team total, is that going to have an impact on the players and it will only have an impact on the players if there are players that you didn't upload custom projections for. So maybe you uploaded custom projections for Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs and James Cook, just like the three main uh, players here. But, but your custom projection set didn't have Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, or any opinions about the bills defense here. Well, then those players can be affected by those altered game sims here so just just be aware of how that works here but i i hope i clarified that for you well if i didn't just let me know in the discord and i can circle back on that all right next question here from jay sams jr got a college question so question says when it comes to college sims how can you tell what team is a run heavy team or a pass heavy team good question here so College, you're going to see so many different styles here of teams and quarterbacks and and very, very different from what you see in the NFL, right? So if we go over to the 14-game main slate for tomorrow here, looks like projections are already up in the app. Ownership should be up soon. Uh, what I would do here is I think, I think some of this you're going to benefit from knowing the games like if you are a hand in the dirt college player and keep up with with you know the different types of teams here that that is only going to help you but what i would say is that if you could see these detailed stats you can sort by pass attempts and rush attempts and then you can just 
see, you know, how these teams, uh, what, what they're favoring, right? So what I would do is I would grab these two columns, pass attempts. I would scroll it over to the side. And then I would also go and grab rush attempts, scroll this over to the side. And then I would come in here because, you know, the, the, the yards they gain is going to be different from the amount of plays they run, uh, which is ultimately what I'm getting at here, right? So what I would do is I would go to the all tab. I would right click on position. I would only filter for quarterbacks and running backs here. I only want to see quarterbacks and running backs. And then I'm just going to go quickly, go team by team here, and then I'm going to sort. So I'm going to look at how many pass attempts the quarterbacks have, how many rush attempts the teams have, and then I'm going to compare those, right? I'm just going to do something up very, very quickly here. And and what I would do is just do like a quick addition, right? So I'm seeing 12 rush attempts for the running back, 11 for the quarterback, you know, six, six, five, and then I'm seeing about 30 pass attempts total. So this team is running the ball a little more than they're passing the ball, and their quarterback is also involved in the run game with 11 rush attempts. And this is LSU. And mind you guys, I don't play college football DFS. I don't know a ton about it. But but if I were trying to get an understanding, this is what I would do, right? And then I'm just going to go quickly through here and then go to the next team, right? This team looks a lot pass heavier. Will Rogers, 35 pass attempts, and then um, a lot less rush attempts for everybody other than the starting court, starting running back here, Marks, right? So MSST, probably more pass heavy. And then uh, GSU, very pass heavy, right? 43 pass attempts to like 25 rushes. So this is probably what I would do. I would say that, you know, Wisconsin here, a little more rush heavy, right? Uh, outweighing those pass attempts. So that that's what I would do if I were trying to learn and trying to profile these teams and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I think that is probably the best way to do it. But good question. I really like that one. All right. Question from Chargers. Said, hey, Andrew, is the upside of lineups already factored into the risk-adjusted ROI, such as 85th, 95th, or 99th percentiles of lineups? Thanks. Okay, great question here. So contest sim question. So basically the answer is, is yes. And the reason that it is already being accounted for is because these lineups need to finish high in these in these contest sims that we're running to get a high, high ROI, right? So risk-adjusted ROI is looking at the ROI of the lineup, but it's also looking at the omega ratio of the lineup, which is a formula that looks at, it compares how often the lineup wins and how much it wins when it wins versus how often the lineup loses and how much it loses when it loses. So you can have these two lineups. We like to use this example to kind of explain this. You can have these two, two lineups that both have sim ROI of 100%, let's say. They could have gotten there very, very differently, right? One lineup could have, say, binked three times and then lost, uh, never cashed all the other times. Other lineup might have only binked once, but had a lot of lineup, but had a lot of instances where it's above the cash rate, you know, in the top 5% of the contest, 1%, right? Some some non-binks, but, but still good caches, right? So those two lineups 
play very differently. And one is going to have a lot more risk than the other one. So that is why we like risk-adjusted ROI here. Uh, it helps to kind of smooth out the variance over time here as opposed to just playing the lineup that is going to be very boom or bust here. So lineup percentiles are very much taken into account in the contest sim because that is how the lineups achieve those high payouts to get those positive ROIs. All right, question from Billy. Question says, Andrew, what are your thoughts on using mini uniques and showdown with SaberSim Ultimate? I know in the past it was frowned upon, but now with the ability to sort by risk-adjusted ROI, it seems that it might be a way to diversify safely. Thanks. I think I think this is a good point, right? So one of the concerns I would say with with using mini uniques for showdown or or just going too far into your pool in general here is you didn't have a good way to kind of say okay i really shouldn't go past this point right we would try and estimate we would say hey you know try and stay within the top 25 to 50 percent of your pool but because we didn't have a good measuring stick now right now with contest sims if you run one you're going to see the contest sim metrics underneath each lineup so basically what we've been telling people is like hey you know if you are diversifying uh, don't go past lineups. Don't go into lineups where the sim ROI is negative, right? That's kind of the measuring stick I've been using. Like, hey, if I'm diversifying, I will scroll to the bottom of my lineups and then I will just see, you know, what is the ROI of the last lineup in my set here. And as long as that lineup is not negative sim ROI, then I am comfortable playing it. If it is negative sim ROI, then I might rethink this lineup here and i might want to go play a uh you know maybe walk my mini uniques back to one less or you know undo some minimax exposure that i did or something along those lines some change that is going to get my last lineup in my set back to above to a positive roi number here so i think with showdown now you know you should be able to uh if you're using contest sims you can do that here i still have like uh have to you know warn you that you're gonna possibly block yourself out of winning lineups if the winning the the winning lineup is a one for one swap off of something that you're playing i don't think that trade-off is huge sometimes here so like messy so just just so you guys i wanted to walk through this right so i have these 20 lineups here i just ran a contest sim gonna scroll down to the 20th i'm just gonna you know, try and max out my mini uniques here. So at eight, I don't have enough lineups. At seven, I have 20 lineups. And then the last lineup in my set is still positive sim ROI, right? Let's say that I went further. Let's just say that I used eight and, and I did have 20 lineups. My sim ROI for this last lineup in my set is negative 31% ROI. So this lineup did actually very, very poorly in the contest sim. So I probably wouldn't want to play this lineup, right? I would want to revert some change that I've made to get my lineups back into positive sim ROI territory. So that's what I'm talking about there. And then if we were to go to a showdown slate, let's say that, you know, we're going to play the uh, Sunday night showdown, right? And it looks like that will be Miami and New England here. So then I'm just going to go to this upcoming slate. Going to let the slate load. Going to make my two adjustments to projections quickly here. And then we're just going to run two under lineups, uh, make it nice and simple here. Nothing too crazy. But but one thing that I've noticed when messing around with mini uniques is that, you know, sim diversity is at 10. 
And by taking single game Sims, you know, these Sims are going to play out different, right? They're play-by-play Sims. So they're not going to be, you know, a bunch of lineups that are, you know, the first highest projected and then the second highest projected. And then, you know, you're swapping out one player in each lineup to get the next projected and the next projected, keeping that core group of, you know, say five players together, right? That's not what you're going to see. You're going to see a, a uh, different game scripts. You're going to see different stack types here. And one thing that I wanted to uh, call out is that if I scroll down here, I'm looking at the top 20 lineups out of my 200 here. When I increase my mini uniques to two, I only have to go down a little bit here to find 20 lineups that have at least two players different, right? So I went from lineup 20 down to lineup 25. I, I've seen this, you know, go go to like 30, maybe 40, but you're always staying pretty high up in your pool. So I'm not super opposed to using a mini uniques of two here for these lineups. And just remember that this is a third of your lineup, right? So a main slate, this would equate to a mini uniques of three, right? And then if I went up to three, I have to go a little farther into my pool. I, I'd say three is like probably the max that, that I would ever use here. Because when you get to four, you, you start having to dive much, much further into your pool. Like I don't even have 20 lineups in these 200 that have four mini uniques different here. And um, I'm already at, down at the bottom of my pool. So I'd say three, which is about half your lineup here, is probably the max. So be a little careful with this. Uh, understand you know, how far you're going. Contest sims can help you there. And then just understand that these lineups are ultimately going to be different from one another. All right. Uh, question from Jay Sam Jr. Said, how do we find all the games on the college dashboard? There are some games that are not showing up. Uh, okay. So let's just hop back over there to college football. Looks like it's a 14-game main slate here. So I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five. FSU is five here. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bama is 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So it's possible that when you looked, um, maybe all the projections weren't up. Maybe like only some of the games were up, but it looks like everything's up at the moment. So if you're still seeing any funkiness, what I would do is try a hard refresh, a control shift R if you're on Windows, command shift R if you are, are on Mac. One thing that I've noticed here is that sometimes you can come into SaberSim. The way I could tell if I'm on an old version of SaberSim or not is whether or not I see the filter icons in the games panel. Sometimes I'll come in here and I won't see the filters. So then I will just do the hard refresh and then the filters will, will pop up and I know I'm on the correct version of the app here. All right, question from Easy. Question says, was running Sims for week two DFS, the 555 specifically, 6,000 entrants, one-third to first, and kept getting giga stacks of QB plus three or four or even five. I unchecked those after, but it was really telling me that those are plus EV lineups in this contest. Uh, I think this is a good question, and, and honestly, Max and I talked about this in our lineup review. If you guys missed that, Max Steinberg and I did a show on Monday Talking through uh, week one NFL contest here, we use the contest flashback tool at SaberSim here. And if you go to videos, you go to review NFL week one, like an NFL DFS pro contest flashback. We walk through the $100 Millimaker. We walk through the power sweep, which is a $150 three max contest. And we talked about, you know, what we saw from good players, what we saw from lineups with high with high similar and what we could take from that and apply to week two here. One thing that we did see was 
very high correlation stats. We're grading out well. We're being played by top players here. A lot of QB plus threes, QB plus threes with a run back here, right? So, um, you know, the fact that you're seeing those stats is kind of in line with what we saw here. I don't know about QB plus fives. That seems uh, especially high here, but but I would watch this video if you guys haven't ahead of building your lineups for week two. See what you can take from this and apply to your own contest and your own strategy. But those results aren't super, I would say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Surprising. Those those aren't super surprising. The QB plus fives might be a little bit of a stretch here, but the QB plus threes, I definitely agree with. All right. Next question here. Question says, do the Simmons factor in ownership and potential dupes when calculating risk-adjusted ROI, particularly for showdowns? If not, what would be the best approach to isolate high EV lineups that are mindful of duplication? Great question here. So right now, the contest sim is not accounting for duplication. So I would still take measures to account for duplication on your own. This can come in a lot of forms. It can come in lineup construction, you know, uh, running cash build, seeing who is the most popular captain. Are they being paired with a very particular paydown option, right? Uh, you see this a lot. Like I'd say in like NBA, I remember this in the NBA finals, you would see Jokic captain and then you would see Jeff Green in the utility because everybody paying up for Jokic captain had to get salary relief somewhere. And they were getting that from Jeff, playing Jeff Green in the utility at a very low salary, right? So looking for a combination of players and trying to understand uh, the the how often, you know, certain players are going to be paired with other players, right? Uh, equate this to, you know, Travis Kelsey captain, probably going to have a lot of Mahomes in the flex, right? So maybe you can find some Travis Kelsey captain lineups that don't play Mahomes. And then that's another way to get different. You can do this with uh, stat construction, you know, looking at, hey, who's the favorite? Are they, are they you know, the favorite to be, in this lineup, maybe you're playing a uh, showdown and, and the cash lineup is showing a bunch of 4-2 Chiefs, bunch of 5-1 Chiefs. Maybe you flip that on its head, right? Try to get some of the opposite stack constructions. So that's one way to do it. You can do this with salary, right? Uh, avoiding max salary lineups, avoiding, you know, lineups that use close to the max salary. You could do this with a geo mean filter, right? You could do this as a, uh, you have a geo mean rule. You could have a geo mean filter after a build is run. If you're looking for info on that, we've covered that in a, uh, I have a tutorial in our help library here. So if you go to the top right corner, hamburger menu, pull that up, go to help, and then go down to frequently asked questions, go to view more, open up our support library, type in geometric mean and then I have this four-minute tutorial video walking through the differences between some ownership, product ownership, geometric mean, how to apply those in the app across all subscription offers here. So check this video out. But I think there's a lot of ways to still account for duplication. And right now, that is more of a manual process. But I think it is very worthwhile to do still. All right. Jumping back to Sabersim here. Next question from Sammy. Question says... When looking at results from contest sims, how should I be ranking each stat? Is there a way, mathematically speaking, to streamline the numbers to each stat when checking the top and bottom lineups? Thanks. Uh, so I think that the most important stats to look at from the contest sims are probably going to be risk-adjusted ROI and ROI. I think that those are the two that you should really focus on here. I think some of the other ones 
are better as like secondary stats or if you're using a custom metric to do uh, to use them as like some type of variable in a custom metric, right? So my point is here that if you go to the sorting methods, you go to the drop down, you see five stats here. I think risk adjusted ROI and ROI have a lot of standalone value just by themselves are really good. I think that win rate, cash rate, and ROI standard deviation are not so good by themselves. And I think that those are better used as in a formula with other metrics here, right? So I think they have value. I think they can help you, you know, um, to figure out how risky your portfolio is and and how to balance that out, right? Because ROI in and of itself is very risky, which is why we created risk-adjusted ROI. Maybe you want to create some metric that count that takes into account cash rate, right? You're like, hey, you know, I do want to not lose 90% of my entry fees and, and I do care about the cash rate of these items. So you build a custom metric and include cash rate in that. I think win rate, you know, unless you're playing winner-take-alls or satellites, um, that, that's when I would care about win rate uh, by itself, right? So if you're playing satellites, winner-take-alls, you know, I think win rate has standalone value in those specific contests, but I think those are just such a small subset of the overall lobbies that you're playing that uh, I wouldn't use those by them by itself very, very often. All right. Question from Joe. Joe said, Hey, Hey, for rules, specifically manual rules, where I add 10 to 15 plus players and choose use at least, you know, one, two, three, et cetera. I'm finding that the sim is choosing the same players and not diversifying that as much as I would have liked. Should I just adjust player max after the build? I don't want to mess with the authenticity of the Sims and would not rather not force it. But I think that may have to be my solution. Any suggestions? Okay, good question. So what I would do is that, you know, if you're running the rule and you're not getting the outputs that you want on the other side by letting SaberSim handle it naturally here, I think that you're going to have to interject a little bit, but ultimately, you know, you know, you want this and this is a large, you know, classic slate more often than not. So I think it's okay to have those opinions, to put those opinions in. What I would do is set a small min exposure to all the players in your group, maybe 5%, maybe 10% to where, you know, that, Hey, I'm going to have so many of these players in my pool. And then I'm also going to allow the builder to put them in lineups together based on what it wants to do. So I think a, what I would say is a non-aggressive nudge in the direction that you want to go, right? So one, you're telling Saberson, hey, I want at least three of these players in every lineup, but then I want you to use at least 10% of all the players across all of my lineups. You're not being super aggressive. You're not saying, hey, put them in 25% of all builds or something like that. Your your rule is very loose, right? You're saying use three out of 14, 15. So I like that. But I, I like, I think that, you know, you just need that extra nudge to get the builder in the direction that you want to go because it's not getting there naturally. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. All right, next question here. Question says, we talk a lot about risk-adjusted ROI and standard deviation. Just wanted to see how win percent and cash rate might be looked at when using contest sim. So great question. Just covered that. If you missed it, just rewind a little bit. Uh, talked about, you know, the standalone value of these metrics, how I think these metrics can best be used and in which cases. So just covered that about two questions ago. 
Scam teacher said, thanks. That is actually what I was asking very clear, clear now. Yeah, man. Happy to help you out. All right. Question from Billy. Billy said, can you refresh my memory on the positives or negatives from a lineup being sim optimal multiple times in a showdown build? I understand that it means it's a strong lineup, but you just need a refresher on the impacts either way. Okay. Good question. So let's go back to that Sunday night showdown, this Miami, New England one that we were building lineups for. And then when we go back here, what you're going to see is that in the summary statistics under each lineup, there is a sim optimal summary statistic. This statistic only shows up when a build is run on sim diversity 10. And that is because at sim diversity 10, we are taking single game simulations and we are playing out that simulation play by play. And they were building the best lineup possible under the salary cap from that simulation. They were inserting that lineup into your pool. And we were doing that however many times uh, for, a, for however many lineups in your pool size there's going to be. A lineup can, a well, not a lineup, but like a, a group of players can show up as optimal more than one time when we're taking these single game simulations. It's actually pretty likely here. We're not going to put the same lineup into your pool twice. But what we are going to do is we are going to say, hey, this lineup was already built. Let's tally that information. Let's keep track of how many times this lineup shows up. And then let's summarize that information. And then we are going to use that as a summary statistic for Sabre score here. So our single game Sabre score formula, if you use the eye icon to see the variables, sim optimals is weighted highly in this metric. We're saying, hey, lineups with high sim optimals, we want to get to those lineups because they are showing up as a strong win probability in our simulations here. They're showing up very often. The one thing that this does now not account for, which I've talked a little bit about here uh, in, in past office hours, is that sometimes people will say, hey, I ran my contest sim and the lineups with high sim optimals were not grading out well in the contest sim. And you have to separate those two things a little bit, right? Showing up as optimal is different then when you are comparing your lineup to the other lineups in the field. And, and those two things can, can be different here. So it's okay if you run a contest sim and the when you go to sort by the sorting metrics that you're not seeing the highest sim optimal lineup. That is totally okay. So don't get uh, caught up there. But that is what sim optimals is, is doing here. And then you can also use it if you want to create a custom metric here. Go to add metric. And then sim optimals will be an option in this dropdown for you here. Um, I'm not seeing it as a sorting method for some reason, but, but you can just create your own, right? So sim optimals, and then we'll just say value. And then now I should be able to sort by that. So don't know why that's not coming up naturally here. Just going to make a note for myself. Uh, no sim optimal sorting metric because this should be available to everybody this is not something that is exclusive to like pro and ultimate uh definitely something we used to have in the app as a default sorting metric so i will make a note to bring that up to the team all right last question in the office hours channel and then we are going to jump over to the youtube chat question from jay lee said please steer me in the right direction to find video lessons on how to use custom metrics great great question I know this may be a wildly redundant topic, so don't go into depth here for my satisfaction or education. 
if I have to uh, peruse the previous office hours since 3.0 came out, I'll do that. But I'm hoping you can share more easily the best videos to watch to become more familiar with metrics. Great job on office hours, by the way, Andrew. Thanks for your hard work. Thank you, man. Uh, so the best place. So I'm looking here in the Discord. I see your name is Blue which means that you're on the DFS ultimate plan. So that tells me that you have access to our pro exclusive videos. So in the discord, there is a uh, pro videos channel that is locked for pro and ultimate uh, subscribers here, but you meet that uh, you, you should have access to that channel. So I would go into the pro videos channel and then up at the top, I would just search like in pro videos, custom metrics. And Jordan has some really good videos in the pro videos channel talking about custom metrics. So that's where I would start. So go to the discord search for custom metrics in that pro videos channel. And that is going to be your best place to get more information about using custom metrics. Uh, they talk a lot about like theory and ideas behind it because it is really like a nuanced thing and, and uh, take some, uh, you know, you have to understand what you're trying to accomplish and you have to try and figure out the best way to accomplish that thing. So a lot of good videos in there about it. But if you guys didn't know, uh, one of the great things about being on the pro or ultimate plan that's not listed here under my account is the pro exclusive videos. We try and release about one a week here. We were doing that before the big 3.0 update, trying to get back to that here after the update. And uh, we, we really like those videos. I think that users get a lot out of those and you can learn a lot just about DFS theory and thinking on a higher level. All right. Next question says, hello, how can I put a rule where I don't get tight end in the flex? Okay. Good question here. So what I would do, I'm going to go back to a classic slate here. And then under players, I'm going to go over to the flex tab. So in the flex tab, I'm going to right click on position. I'll just do this in a new build. So I'm going to go flex. I'm going to right click on position. I'm going to select the tight ends. This is just for viewing purposes. I just want to view all of the tight ends in the flex column. I'm going to uncheck them all with this mass uncheck button. You can see all of them uh, get unchecked here. And then I'm going to reselect all. And then now only the running backs and wide receivers are going to be checked in the flex. Therefore, only they can be put into flex positions here. All right, scrolling down. Uh, last question at the moment from Samuel. Samuel said, how many rules is too much considering Sabersim is already tuned up to push out lineups that are GPP ready? Good question here. So it really depends, you know, what your rules are trying to accomplish here. I'll tell you guys that the only rule I use are the default rules here, which is um, I just use this one rule. These are just all examples from users, but don't use players against opposing defense. So when I build, I come in here. I turn this rule on and that is literally the only rule that I use. I don't feel like I need rules. I feel like Saberson does a great job of building in correlation naturally, building in upside naturally. And um, so it really comes down to what is Saberson not doing that you want done? And what, how many rules do you need to accomplish that thing that Saberson is not doing. So that's not a question that I can really answer for you here. That's, you know, you looking at the lineups that are generated, seeing if those lineups are passing the eye test for you, making rules to account for those specific things. But I would say that if you are writing rules, one, make sure that Saberson is not doing that already for you. Two, make sure your rule has a very specific purpose. And then three, I would say just be careful to 
not base your rules on old DFS heuristics here. And the builder is very smart and is going to account for nuances here, right? So I think this last question was actually a really good example. Uh, not not to like pick on anybody or anything, but but the question, a very old DFS heuristic that I'm aware of is, hey, you know, don't play tight ends in the flex. And it's not to say that tight ends are never in the winning lineup in the flex, but they are less often the winning in the winning lineup in the flex. So people say, people equate less often with never use that option here, right? And I don't think that's particularly good, right? So what Saberson is going to do in, in my experience here is put tight ends in the flex kind of at the rate that they make sense, right? And by by having these play-by-play sims, by randomly sampling them, sometimes you're going to get them, sometimes you're not. But allowing Saberson to do it even at a small rate here, I think is better than doing it none of the time. But that, that really comes down to, uh, you know, personal user preference here. And if you'd rather just get rid of that and not worry about it, then that's totally up to you. But but that is like something that I would be uh, aware of uh, as an example. But good questions, everybody. We are all caught up with questions here at the moment. Uh, actually, one more from Bob. Bob said, when uploading a CSV, headers aren't matching for the captain projection column. Can you make that option available in the dropdown so we can assign it? So two things here. One, I think that you might be doing this, uh, might, might not be uploading the right file. So when you are building lineups here, right, you, you settle on your set of 20 lineups here, you have to use the save to my contest option. There is a save to CSV option as well. This option is for players who are taking the lineups generated and putting them through their own, you know, outside system that they have or built or something like that. So the save to CSV will just give you the raw lineups. It will not have any DraftKings contest information in it. So that can that can be somewhere that people get tripped up. So the workflow is build your lineups, click save to contest, use the save to contest option down here at the bottom. And then this download arrow next to the slate selector is going to jitter and it's going to turn green. Click download entry file for DraftKings, which is the pop-up message here. Click that and then that lineup gets uploaded to the upload entries page on DraftKings here. So make sure you're walking through that workflow appropriately here. But I have seen the headers not matching when when uh, using the wrong download. Samuel said, so pretty much only use rules that sims are not taking into a consideration per se. I think that's a fair uh, takeaway there. Yeah, if you're seeing something that, you know, the sims aren't taking into account that you want to take into account, that is where I would use rules to capture that. And then second question was, uh, speaking of which, are there any old school rules that you still believe in? Um, aside from the don't use players against opposing D, this is really the only rule that, that I use for NFL. Uh, Bob said, I meant when uploading a projection CSV. Okay, so I think what you are saying... So, so Bob, uh, not going to have a great opportunity to troubleshoot this here on stream. Do me a favor, either send us an email, support at sabersim.com, or use the report a problem link and just write us a brief message about what you're experiencing. And then our support team will be able to... Uh, help you and figure out what's going on. So the reporter problem or the email will be your best option here. All right. Sal said last week I had issues with late swap adding players already playing. Did I do something wrong or is there a problem? Okay. Good question here. So I don't have any 
active slates here. Maybe I have a Thursday to Monday we did an example on, maybe. So let's go back to yesterday. And let's go to Thursday to Monday. Okay, so I'm not seeing that I had an entries file here that we could practice late swapping on. But basically, there's two ways to late swap. First way is you go to contests, and then you go to lineups. So if you have contests loaded into my contest here, make sure they are checked. And then you have this late swap option up in the top right here, which will allow you to late swap. So this is one way to do that. And then when you click this, it will open up a new workspace for you. Other option here, like say that I had a, uh, a lineup file and I filled it with the lineups from this build too. If the slate is active, which this Thursday to Monday slate would be, when I right click on build two, a third option here. So right now there is clone, there is rename, there is upload pool. If I use this build to fill my entries, I will also have a late swap option where you can basically take all of the projection adjustments, minimax exposures, basically clone those into a late swap. The builder will recognize, hey, Minnesota and Philly game already started. You can't adjust those players anymore and then rebuild your lineups from there. So not sure what workflow uh, you went through that, that gave you problems here. I apologize about it. But if you uh, need a walkthrough here on our support page, which I called out earlier, we have these tutorials and how to late swap is going to be your best option to just get a refresher, make sure you are doing it right. Uh, similarly to Bob, if you watch that video, you went through all of those steps, let us know by using the report a problem and our team can look into what went wrong and, and why it was going wrong and then help you out from there. All right. Question from Matt said, so curious on your take with 150 maxes, like you said, uh, like, like, say you have a couple in the relay throw and then 50 entries in the minimax. Would you run a contest sim that combines relay and minimax so you, that you can unique random fill both? Or can you, or do you, or, or do one build and then max out mini uniques for each running separate contest sims? Okay, good question here. So I think that there's two ways to do this, and I think it depends on personal preference. So one way is to create a build. And then I'm going to say, okay, you know, this is my uh, 150 max build, right? And then let's say that I have two 150 maxes. What you could do is you could create two contest sims, one for each contest. And then you have 150 lineups. Once the lineups are built, you run your contest sims. It's going to run them for both. And then you sort by each contest sim. So first I'm going to sort by the first contest sim. I'm going to apply my mini uniques. I'm going to fill this into the one contest. What I would do from that point is I would delete the 150 lineups that you're currently looking at. That way they don't get duplicated into another contest. And then I would get rid of this 150. I would go through the same process for the next 150 and then fill, fill those into my second contest. I think that's one option. Other option here, you either pick a contest sim for the contest you care the most about you pick maybe some um, middle ground. Maybe one of the contests has 20,000 entrants. One has 30,000 entrants. Maybe you make your contest sim with 25,000 entrants and pick some medium, you know, percent to first, some medium um, cash rate or something like that. I think some of those contests are going to be pretty similar. And then you just run the one contest sim. You, you set it up for 300 lineups and then you 
fill it from there, right? So those are the two options that I like. Uh, what I did last week, just because I cared about the time savings, was I just picked the contest that I cared the most about and used that one contest sim. Probably not optimal there. You can definitely run multiple contest sims and squeeze out some more edge on a contest by contest basis. But because I, I work for Saber Sim and because, you know, the, the support load is, is very high for week one, I wanted to be as available as possible. So I kind of cut some corners building my lineups last week. But, you know, you guys obviously don't have to do that. So those are kind of the different ways that I'm thinking about it. And I would uh, figure out which one works best for you. Sal said, once you delete the lineups, don't you eliminate the late swap? Um, no, they just get moved into the trash. And then, so like, say I say I delete these, uh, you know, five lineups here, right? So I just deleted five lineups. And then once I'm done filling the second contest here, I can just go into the trash and then I could use the red reset icon. So this will clear filters and remove all lineups from the trash. So then once all of my contests have been filled, I can put these lineups back into the pool here and then Saberson will still know which ones were used to fill which contest because in late swap, what it's going to do, it's going to look at the entries and then it's going to look at uh, how what players have locked, how much salary is remaining, et cetera here, right? The late swap option is really just taking the projections and the minimax exposures so you don't have to redo that work the lineups are getting generated from looking in your CSV, not looking in the build that you ran. So a uh, little, little different there, but good, good clarification. Matt said, thanks. I know it's a fine balance between accounting for variance, but also what's most optimal based on the contest. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, got a downside with like uh work-life balance or, or not, not work-life balance, but like, uh, you know, how much time do you have? And, and, you know, do you have kids or, 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 or what are your time commitments outside of DFS and how do you work all that in writing and what makes most sense for you? So no hard and fast answers there, but all right, everybody appreciate your guys' questions. Good luck this weekend. I look forward to talking to you all on Monday. Make sure to tune in for, to see the winners of the weekly max challenge from Sunday. So until then, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.